I knew some, but I didn't know it all podcast. I'm your host, Shane Newsom. Welcome to the one year anniversary slash my birthday podcast that is extremely late coming out. Oh my god, my birthday is January 1st. We recorded this in like December 2022. It was supposed to be recorded in like before October. I was supposed to release it in October. I never recorded it till December. Me and a friend had a falling out. We're not friends again. Partially another reason why I didn't release this episode because he's on this episode. But yes, here we are. One year anniversary. It's almost coming up on my two year anniversary in like three months. Uh, here, here we go. Fucking send it. Check out this fucking badass song that we're listening to. I'm just going to kind of let it play. I don't know. Maybe I'll have enough gibberish to talk about over it the whole time. But there's a little clip of very hilarious section of this podcast that I clipped out a few months ago when I was initially editing it. Uh, here I am getting ready to edit it, ed- edit it again because I'm probably going to chop it into a couple parts. Because it's about, I think, three or four hours long. Uh, so this will definitely be a couple episodes worth. So that's super cool. I uh, hope you all enjoy it. I have been having a blast doing my show with Andy Rouse. It's called The Deep End. It's on The Deep Shares um, Patreon. So go head over there and subscribe to that if you want to hear me and Andy, which is featured on this episode. Uh, just blabbering on, talking about our big red button, which is basically, you know, consciousness itself and how everything is consciousness and everything is one. So yeah, thanks for checking out the I Knew Some But I Didn't Know It All one year anniversary coming out super late, super, super late. Here it is, though. It's super fun. I had a fucking blast. Um, I had, like, a lot of my good uh, podcast friends on here. Um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for, for who, who, who showed up for this. Thank you to everybody who was supposed to come and wasn't able to make it. 
Um, I fucking love every, all of you guys. You're fucking awesome. Uh, I fucking love every single one of you listeners even more. No, I'm just kidding. Love you guys the same. But it's so cool that I can, you know, sit here and fucking blabber into this microphone and you guys want to listen to me. That is so cool. You know, I say a couple gold things every once in a while, so I think it's worth all the gibberish. <laughs> anyway, one year anniversary slash turned into my birthday podcast. Here we go. It's just been like a big old circle of like the duality. Sucking your own dick. Of a, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the oral, that was the, the next oral boris of it all. That was the next yeah, thing. We're all going to try and do it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, damn. So on camera, we're all going to try. We're all going to break our backs. Okay. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> I just got you. You got the boots with the fur? Dude, I got them apple bottle <laughs> jeans. <laughs> I mean, Adam and Eve perhaps were like sent from, you know, from Mars because the planet was going to shit, you know, kind of like the uh, Krypton story and everything like that. And so they sent uh, two bangable mates out and then they, you know, land on Earth. Uh, that was the thing that killed the dinosaurs, that whole story or whatever. But I think there's a lot to that idea that we're not from here. I had a guy on uh, named Dr. Michael P. Masters. He's an anthropologist. He wrote a badass book called um, Identified Flying Objects. And uh, it's about basically like time travel. And he looks at hominid creatures, non-human intelligences that that people report. And he kind of, you know, anthropomorphizes anthropology on top of it and just kind of looks at what it tells him. And where that led him was to be like that they're future humans coming back in time machines, which I fucking love, right? So you have to, <clears throat> whenever I think about this, this part of a conversation that we had on the show was, is that he was talking about how like shitty being bipedal is, how number one common it is in the UFO and contact phenomena, right? Like it's like, you know, you get greys and mantises and lizard people and Pleiadians and shit, but they're all bipedal, two legs, two arms, torso, upright, right? And he goes, that's like the worst means of locomotion. It's like the shittiest thing ever. Like, you'd be better served to be an octopus or something like that. It's much much more dex- dexterous and all that kind of stuff. Your survivability. Uh, there's a lot of uh, perils in being bipedal. And so, like, your back problems, your, you know, uh, our blood circulation. Um, just his list went on, and his book's awesome. It's a fun fucking read. He's a smart dude. If you guys want to check it out, again, Identified Flying Objects. But like this idea of it being so challenging and hard for us at birth uh, that now you have an anthropologist um, that talks about that just being upright like is shit for our body and everything. Um, And so it does seem like we're not from here. So I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. You guys want to go down that? And that's fun. We can we can go down that for a minute. Lehman, what do you think, dude? Yeah, let's roll with it. I got some ideas about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on it? Well, Brad and I have all these crazy experiences, like just I went on a trip and so come back into Alexandria last night. So first night back in my own bed and within about 45 minutes, I was uh, coming back into my body. Right. But I had this like hypnagogic vision 
of uh, some sort of black ops officer, like fucking with me, right? And it's very vaporous, nothing I could grab hold onto, right? But I had the general sense that if I allowed this thing to pull on my soul much more, that I was going to expire, right? And I've had several of those thoughts. And I've also, you know, felt as though I'm somewhere with a fucking VR headset on. I've had that that feeling. And matter of fact, I'm yeah. I'm sorry. I'm everything all right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just, no, that's just agreeing dope. with you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a fascinating and, thought experiment. And oh, uh, you know, when I meditate a great deal. I have these moments where like angelic beings come to me at night and fuck with the back of my head. I felt like uh, my left knee was repaired one night by a being of light. And I, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know if, like I say, I'm in a pod somewhere and that's just how my brain processes the people working in the lab coming to do something to my pod or if I am being uh, visited by time travelers with the ability to manipulate scalar waves to walk into my reality at uh, will and do something to my body and then leave right fuck yeah you know, and whenever I look at this idea of like us not being from here, I kind of uh, will apply it through and run it through the Tataria filter. You know, this idea of hidden history and all of that and think of like, let's say that our history is absolute horseshit, right? And let's say that we did just show up here. Let's also tie it to this maybe idea that we're not from here, that this isn't a planet that was ours, that perhaps we took it over. But one of the coolest ways or one of the most interesting ways I, I would think would be to take over a planet, would be to go in, like, wipe everybody out, and then drop your own people or even hybrid versions of the population that was there before that got wiped out. Like, you just beam a bunch of hybrids off or abduct a bunch of them, cryostasis or something, and now you have a population of maybe, let's say, 200,000, you know, foundling children that were dropped off and just trained across. And now you have this population of human beings that are now what we are now, and they were just shipped off and given away. Like, it's this crazy idea that perhaps that was the time period that we human beings now took over this place from some sort of cataclysm or we were seated here or something like that, you know? It kind of answers some of the questions, you know, some of the mysteries and stuff. It's a fun so, way to look at it. Yeah, Brandon, have you ever uh, had the experience or did the experiment where uh, the you recognize that the reality is a mirror and whatever that you internally believe it will reflect that exact same thing to you. So oh, yeah. then you talk yourself into believing the exact opposite and it's, it's much deeper than what is it? Pareidolia or whatever. I'm, I'm butchering that word. Pareidolia. But yeah. Yeah. It's much more than that. It's like literally it will mirror exactly what you want to see back to you, right? So do you guys know um, Nico from Upstate Unconventional? Uh, but anyways, he and I occasionally do uh, uh, late night uh, meetings where we uh, 
get like a standard tarot deck, right? And we'll shuffle them seven, eight times and we'll ask a specific question. And he's in upstate New York and I'm here in Virginia. And we'll even add a dice. So we'll break it up into three piles on each side of the screen. He'll roll a dice. And depending on the uh, number, we'll pick a, a card. And we have it on video where we pulled the same fucking card. Like, and that has happened multiple times. And it is, I'm wholly convinced it's because both of us believe that it will happen every time. So there's that component to this reality, which makes me think there is like a teaching aspect to this. And we're not just uh, in here to uh, be um, chased down in the woods by a dog man for fun or something, you know? Yeah, it's like part of it, but it's not the only thing. You know, it's like right. the pyramids. It was probably, a, they probably did a bunch of cool shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I don't know. I mean, this is a fascinating fucking place for sure. I like psychedelic background over there, dude. That's kicking ass. Dude, Jeff. It's looking dope as shit. Jeff always has like the dopest background. You like that, boys? That's the, uh, I don't know what you call that, but yeah. Kaleidoscope. God, yeah. like collided. God, collided dope, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it make mine do that. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Just poke <laughs> it every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Make it put a fan on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. So the idea of uh, like the Tataria, right? And then say you have the ice wall, and the out and the lands outside of the ice. You you ever look into that idea, Brandon? Dude, uh, yeah, I don't have the book. It's over there on the shelf, but it's called uh, Terra Infinita. Have you ever heard of it? No, that. Oh my God, check this thing out. It's so cool. Okay, and uh, I actually do want to do want to say something about this. Let me draw something up here real quick. We're gonna make this super low tech. All right, so look, super. I uh, I was on a, a show the other night, and it was it was super fun. It was awesome. And um, this young woman that was on it that I'd never met before, but it, it, like she's very cool. Named Cosmic Peach. Have you ever heard of her? Julia, that's my girl. I was just in a class with her. Okay, have you heard her idea about the flat Earth and what it what it looks like in the model and everything like this? Because this ties to Taria, mud flood, ancient civilization cycles, everything into it. It just blew my mind. Uh, okay, and then I'll grab that Terra Finita book and show you. But anyway, so the idea of the like flat Earth and stuff, and I love this by the way. Like I love the conversation because I'm just a I'm a possibilian. Like I haven't seen it for myself, so it's it could be flat, it could be round. Like I don't give a shit. But I love yeah. love 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 the conversation. So yeah. one of the new things that Julia introduced was this idea that there is sort of a plane or a realm, right? There is a dome, but it's fucking huge. It's not like this smaller right. area with a central sun and stuff like that. What really happens is this pinpoint of light. And again, this just like blew my mind. It's this pinpoint of light that goes through 12 phases. Now, 13, really, when it's complete then you think about like the turtle, the turtle's back and how the Native Americans right. it always has yeah. 13 sections and that's how they do their months and their calendar. The lunar day. calendar, yeah. Yes, yes. So if you think about it from this perspective, I kind of drew something shitty and low tech here, but let's just, uh, let's just go with it for now. Okay. So let's say that um, 
There's a bunch of so this is like our area. Can y'all see this shit? I know my camera's gonna fuck it up. Okay. Yeah, I got so, it. So okay, let's say that this is our area, and this is what we populate this uh, this like huge available area is the whole realm, right? And the dome is over this entire circle. I'm fucking this up. Now Sorry. we we are here. Okay. The flat earth model and everything is sort of represented here in the flat plane and extra land and stuff like that. But all of everything else, god damn it, is like an ice sheet out here. And this is where we are with the sun that does rotate, but it rotates very, very slowly in one area, heating it up, revealing the land and the seas and everything below it. And then it moves Mm -hmm. on to a different point and then moves on. And it's basically like phases, okay? that it goes through, but it's on a much larger landmass. Now, what I find fascinating about that is let's say that this is cyclical and every, and we've covered the sun, this pinpoint of light, whatever it is, has covered this whole area a few times and been around it a few times and had habitations and people living there and extraterrestrials visiting it and portals opening and closing and all kinds of shit for like ever, let's say fucking ever, right? But our experience takes place in 12 different versions of this, meaning that we're going to pass through all of this ice-covered landmass that has a bunch of shit, meaning relics from ancient societies and shit already buried there. So then you look at where we are now. Well, this is just a place that was under ice for a long-ass time that was recently inhabited or formerly inhabited, however long it takes for the cycle to occur and looking at it this way, just like trip me the fuck out. I was so, cause then it explains like all the buried shit that we find. It explains Tatarian mud floods and stuff because melting glacial ice like that would create yeah. a mud flood. And then you think about how the uh, magnetic North is moving and shit like that. Magnetic right. South stays in the same fucking spot, which is interesting, but magnetic North moves. So, you know, maybe it's like this traverse and it's kind of a, I guess a, like an indicator of that's what's happening with this magnetic north moving or whatever. I just thought it was fascinating. It was one of these ideas that I was just like, damn, that is so cool. And the Terra Infinita is basically that too. It's it's a big ass area. Here, just hang on. <laughs> but what I want to bring up to Brandon is that uh, if he believed completely in globe earth, the all the information that he needed to prove globe earth would surface and show it to him. So, and I like the fact yeah, that, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. that you uh, don't marry yourself to any of these ideas, Brandon, that you're just, you're open to looking at all of them, you know, suspend disbelief for a hot minute and contemplate them, but, you know, not die on that hill. Absolutely. I don't uh, nail me colors to the mast, as one of my guests said one day, and I love that. So this is a Terra Infinita thing I'm talking about. Now, it's a book. There's two yeah. in the series. Uh, Confundum, Los Confundum wrote it. You can find him on uh, TikTok and um, Facebook, I believe. Anyway, yeah. this is cool as shit, and it's a bunch of different flat earths in a huge, much larger realm. I think they totaled it up to like 173. Like, who knows, you know, about this. But again, the idea, and this kind of explains where extraterrestrials and shit come from, because this is like Mars right here, and then you've got Earth. So it's like you just travel right here. That's perhaps how extraterrestrials come, and they just can't tell you. It's like, it's part of the game. They just don't tell you that that's what's going on here for whatever motives, and we could speculate on that wildly. But the idea that this is an expansive plane with many, many lands beyond it is what... That's like where I'm at in the excited part of it, like the dome and the isolated. We're just here and that's it thing. Like claustrophobic, it's it's lost on me. I'm I'm not interested in it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I Brandon, a, I'd like I'd like to have a conversation with you sometime, but we should probably. I have I have like a similar idea to that, but it's like it's more of just the, just the realm idea. Like it could work, like like uh, like Lehman said, it could go either way. You can find proof for flat. You can find proof proof for round, and uh, and either or. Like uh, I don't think you're gonna get in a fucking tin can and fly so like it's long distances anyway. So it's like I definitely think Mars is a place, and I think it's a realm, and maybe even life exists there. But maybe it's in a different fucking dimension or reality than this. And you know, you wouldn't be a, a human if you took your consciousness there. You know, I think that's what I think. You know, I think you could you take your consciousness there. You don't take the physical body with you. Yeah. That's, that's the other component is there is a spiritual or like soulful component to all this that has nothing to do with physicality whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it like uses physicality to facilitate its learning desires and its experiential desires, but it's really not physical, right? In the world, not of it, right? Possibly. Like, um, I guess about three weeks ago, I just woke up and I knew that there was a spirit in the room. And I got up and I walked through this pillar of smoke in the middle of my condo. And uh, this particular condo, there's uh, concrete and steel on the floor and the, the ceiling above. So it wasn't like somebody on the seventh floor was chugging Winston's and it was making this pillar of smoke in the <laughs> middle of my condo. And uh, it was uh, it was so like the size of a human being, right? I woke my wife up and she's definitely not into all this. She's a, I would say a, a traditional conservative Christian. And I had her walk around it. You couldn't smell the cigarette smoke and then she walked through it, right? And uh, I just got a knowing that it was like uh, my grandmother who smoked that particular brand of cigarette that I was smelling, like Winston's, whatever. But shit like that, man, when that happens, it's like, uh, like Shane said, you know, maybe it's not about the physicality at all. Maybe it's all about consciousness and awareness and where it goes. Yes. Dude. Yeah. That's, I've dotted in. I really have come to the point now to where it's all about your awareness and attention. It's all about your awareness and attention. That's it. That's the highest currency and anything in this place that can get it. It gets like tallied. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of. Uh, it's it's like got a ooh I've got this much minutes of you know Shane's attention this week this many hours of Shane's attention this week and it's like this just attention thing and that's why like I'm not a conspiracy theorist anymore I'm a conspiracy analyst like I'll talk about it I don't you know it's not my job to wake anybody up anymore um, I hear you so, on that one man it's been a long road to hoe to get to that point yeah I mean <laughs> it's still necessary it's just it's not like we we I cleared my part of the forest with doing it for decades and so you know yeah. now it's somebody else's turn to take that part of the energy and go with it that way but I'm still absolutely love uh, to talk about it and all of that I just don't take on the the energy of it and that's the point is it's about your attention where your attention goes yeah. your energy flows and that's the real currency here is where I'm at now and so when you boil it down to that and everything like on the news and all of that the stuff loosh. all the fights the loosh man that's exactly what it is it's a it's a loosh farm but your attention is how you decide that and that is a decision for you it's not like clockwork orange where people are like pinning your eyes open and making you watch it it's it's always a choice so like that's that's where your real power comes in you know so speaking of that 
I purposely ignore all the nonsense, all the fear of porn. And my life literally is getting better incrementally on a daily basis. The more I don't focus on anything that anybody else says, I go in the grocery store, there's more food. I have more choice here than I can shake a stick at, you know, it's like the gas prices are just fine. I'm, it's not killing me. You know, I don't buy any of that bullshit. I tell my wife all the time, you just watch the gas prices in our neighborhood will go down next week. Yeah. Sure enough. She'll tell me they went down. Thank you for manifesting that. Keep it going. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's just like cyclical, um, loose harvesting. And that's what it is. And this is why I, I, again, Very I good. I'm yes. speaking from uh, personal experiences, just kind of how I feel about it now. Now this may change in a week. I'm fluid and I change all the time. I believe uh, ideas, not beliefs because mm -hmm. ideas are easy to change. So anyway, but how I, how I feel about it now is, is that, yeah, it's like, it's this huge loose thing where they just want your energy and attention. It's, I'm looking at it like an algorithm. And so, you know, as above, so below, we have examples of how large scale things work in our everyday life, even if technology can count as them. And so the way that I've been kind of looking at this lately and not even in a simulation way, like you don't have to uh, make it cold for it to be mimicked in the same pattern, right? It's like every technology at a level is all, uh, you know, would be perceived as magic, but really it's all consciousness, right? So, you know, perhaps. Anyway, so let's say that this is the way that it works. Now, algorithmically, the way that I look at this is that, like, let's just take um, <clears throat> just TikTok as an example. Uh, let's say you go through TikTok. Well, a lot of people that don't like TikTok spend a lot of time watching things they don't like. And so it pops that up because that's what you spent the most time on. That's what you gave the most attention to. That's what you offered the most of yourself to. So the app just wants you to stay on it. Like it doesn't give a shit what you watch. It just pumps out things that make you stay on longer, what takes your attention longer. And then things that don't, meaning like the things you aren't interested in or whatever, if you swipe past them real quick or if you even take the time to hit not interested, it will go, God, man, anything with that vibration associated with it, we just need to stop sending that user because they stop engaging. And our only job is to make sure that they're looking at the at us or choosing us to give their attention to. So it it how I see it now is that it works like this on the macro as well. Like that's our micro version of it. So if you apply that idea to your life, which is what I've been doing, then you can really tailor the experiences that you have. Like you said, I, I don't offer my attention anymore to negative things. Therefore, negative things stopped popping up in my life. Yes, algorithmically, it does not behoove this reality, this experience, whatever, to give you shit that you don't care for or that you're not mm -hmm. interested in giving your attention to. So now if you're giving your attention to things that serve you more, absolutely. Now, all of us are living manifestations. All of us. We, we chose every single thing that you're experiencing right now. No matter what you think about it, you chose it. So really, it's about, like we're talking about here, just kind of shifting the what you focus on. It's it, your, what your attention is on, and then it'll manifest in your life. The algorithm just wants your attention. That's it. So you turn away from things like politics and all the dumb shit on the news or whatever. You just, you don't have it anymore. That, and, and like you said, it's not, it's like everything. It's everything associated with that vibration is no longer present in your life. And that's, that's again, where the real power is. That's where you just live in your life, man, and live in the one you want. With not a bunch of fucking nonsense. Trying to get your attention all the time. Fuck that. 100. Dude, I'm just ranting here. There's like 12 Jeff. people on this thing and three of us are talking. What are y'all doing? Jeff, bro. What's up, bro? 
Dude, tell me how space is fake and gay, please. Mm. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was just informed of this this morning, so I'm actually very. I was. I was. And very hungover this morning being explained to me how space is fake and gay. And I'm interested to hear from the man himself. Jip, are you the one that runs that page? No. <laughs> I have been losing my shit laughing so hard at that. Uh, my wife and I say it to each other all the time. It's really funny, but go ahead. No, but I think I was saying that before that page popped. So <laughs> oh, no. He's like, lagging. that was a, something I've been saying for a long time. I don't, I don't, I don't really know, but... Honestly, I've been getting into the uh, gateway process. You guys know about the gateway process? Oh, gosh. Yes. Come on. Row, bring it. Row Institute. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've been getting into that lately. Doing like a whole four or five episode series on it. Just read, like reading through it and breaking it down and do that. I mean, it's all the shit, right? It's like using altered consciousness to travel through time and just do whatever, man. Like, cure tumors fucking anything you can imagine it's so sci-fi but it's it's this cia document so it's like you know on one hand you're reading through it and it's like all the shit that we talk about all the time right you know this like woo type stuff and then you stop and then you realize again like this is somebody writing to the army intelligence command like hey man this is what we know and then it's like oh shit this is real so, Jeff, have you done any experiments with uh, Gateway 1 through 7? Have you listened to the No, recordings? I think uh, somebody, was sent, somebody sent them to me, but I haven't checked them out. I don't remember who sent them. Somebody sent them to me. So, every and this could just be something inside me, but every time I listen to anything from the Monroe Institute, whether it be on their app or related to that specific the Gateway experience, I will have sleep paralysis that that day, right? That evening. Um, a friend of mine who's a DJ in London, her name's Cass Cornell. She was invited by the Monroe Institute to come down and they gave her tones to play with her music in uh, whenever she DJs in anywhere in uh, Europe in order to uh, facilitate people having these altered states of consciousness during the raves or whatever. And I got mixed feelings about this. I was on one of the Weaving Spiders Welcomes. It was episode 82, right? And the whole time that we're talking, they're bringing up gateway this, gateway that. That following week, I, uh, my wife and I uh, realized that we bought a condo in the gateway area that my new job is at the gateway uh, to Virginia. It's, so it's like a weaving of these experiences into my physical realm. Um, so yeah, if you, Jeff, if you ever decide to, you know, do the gateway experience, I would love to hear if you ever experience sleep paralysis with the hag or uh, any entities in your room, anything it's, like that. Since yeah, I heard about that fucking hag thing, I've been terrified of that. Cause I'm hesitant. Sleep paralysis like a few times, but I've never had the fucking hag experience. But every time I've had sleep paralysis, I'm like, oh shit, like, yeah, like I don't had, fucking like, come in here. <laughs> She's a saucy slut. paralysis when I was little. And uh, also, I've been to the Monroe Institute 
Um, but nothing like really came of it. I just had sleep yeah. paralysis when I was little. I'm just hesitant, yeah. man. Honestly, like I, I do have a part of me that believes like the, uh, like that religious angle where doing that shit opens you up to some, you know, call it like demonic entities. Right. So I'm oh, really yeah, hesitant to, yeah. to fuck around and find yeah. out. Yeah. I have a mixed feelings about, uh, about it. There's a part of me that thinks Same. that there's a gate. Go ahead. Oh no. I was just like, I, I totally agree. Like, uh, so basically I'll just sum it up really fast. Um, it's you, you're the bad guy trying to teach yourself a lesson. Yeah, like I feel like it might be like a gatekeeper like uh, entity to test you to see if you have the metal to push through. And it's like uh, the actual organic initiation into the occulted information that you can do by yourself that you don't have to be walked through by some secret society that we all have access to. You know, we are the Illuminati. I heard a wise man say once. <laughs> Dude, like we really are. Like like Brandon and everyone's been saying, like you yeah. that, whatever your attention. Yeah. It's kind of it, right? If it's all you and it's all consciousness, then it's all you at a level and we're just individuated pieces of that consciousness. But so are everything here. Mm-hmm. Everything. Even the shit that scares the shit out of you. Because it, it's facilitating, in my mind again, and where I'm at with it now, is it's kind of, it, it facilitates the need for the expansion of consciousness no matter what, in the form of like a Westworld type experience. It's like a play, right? So it's all a, a means of entertainment, essentially, but it's entertainment through experience. And again, it serves multifunctions, I think. Um, I wouldn't just reduce it down to that, but it's kind of a simple analogy for it. And one of the ways I've kind of mentally wrapped around like the lizard turds and your Klaus Anal Schwabs and stuff like that is this idea that like they're there to f- to provide that for people that really need this jarring experience. Like we all don't need that anymore. We checked that box. Right. We've been dominoes that have fallen in that. So like we don't need that anymore. But the people that do need to- it in a way that's so jarring because it's like dredging the back, you know, it's like, it's easy to wake up when you really look at it and spend a minute, you know, half a second on it. Right. So to wake the people up that aren't awake yet, um, it's, it's a lot of work. And so then you've got what's going on and it just kind of ramps up the energy again in my mind, but it doesn't affect us. Like the only effect it has on us is how much we're willing to commit to it by talking about it, by getting pissed about it, by rallying around, whatever. And so if you just kind of, perhaps disengage from that, which is what we've all done, then it doesn't affect you. But the little things like your demons and these things like this, they're just, again, at a level, if it's all unity consciousness, it's all you, uh, expanding consciousness in whatever way it needs to for the individual. Like, think about think about like a classroom, right? Like a teacher needs to be able to explain a math problem like 15 different ways to get the same answer for different levels of thinking. Well, all of individuated consciousnesses or all the people here uh, are just different people who learn in different ways because of our paradigms, right? And all of the cocktail of awesome shit. So anything in your reality is a mirror to you vibrationally, a piece of you that's teaching you something that you need to learn at that level so that you can check it off the list and move on vibrationally and start attracting into your life more vibrationally matched things. And you just kind of get unstuck from all the nonsense by those things popping up. And they, they pop up in a myriad of ways. He's like, 
you know, uh, sleep paralysis events or UFO phenomena or abduction or, uh, you know, childhood trauma or anything like that. It just, it, it creates this uh, desire for growth and expansion. And that's, that's like the seed starter. And so it, the, the crazier it gets, you can tell that the more it's happening, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, excess. Energy. It's just amplified. It's, it's the way I'm looking at it now. That's just where I'm at with it. It's just the fucking like a surface of water. You throw a rock in it. Yeah. And especially again, infinitely. if you think about that uh, cosmic peach example, like that, you know, we're spinning around this thing and the, this area is all that's getting unfrozen at a time. <laughs> and, it, you know, this ramp up or these cycles occur even within those cycles. So it's like cycles on cycles on cycles. And um, it's it's just fascinating, man. When you really start looking at things like that, you just have a little bit more empathy, I think, especially for the shittier things or the things that we're not fans of. You yeah, just, uh, you have a little bit more um, compassion for for that, and you see its its usefulness and its value, and it will stop being valuable as long as people are still doing that. It's kind of the bullies and um, victims example, you know. I mean, the the second victims stand up and say, "Okay, we don't need to learn lessons that way anymore." Bullies will vanish overnight. The only reason bullies exist is because victims need them to teach them something in that way. Is how I see it. That's it. Like the consent thing. Yeah, it's absolutely fear is consent. Yeah, yeah. That's it right. is in the animal world. Yeah, if you get scared and run, that's consent for them to murder you and eat your face. <laughs> very cool very cool dude why don't we just start telling some of our craziest experiences psychedelic or not and yeah. get a good like good broad view of what the human experience could could bring you right well I've been talking a lot somebody else go first walk my talk scaring on count Fucking tell us about how my dog was yelling at you. Oh, bro. <laughs> All right. Do, we'll go abbreviated version because that was whatever episode two of your podcast or whatever. Yeah. But basically, um, like night after Thanksgiving, uh, one year we were at Shane's, like at the farm for uh, like a big like bonfire party. And one of Shane's mates who I'd met like once before, like just goes, hey mate, you trying like you want to trip tonight? I was like, yeah, sure. Little did I know that they were already tripping, and it was liquid uh, acid on an Altoid, and he fucked up a little bit when he put it on the Altoid. And afterwards, I found out that best guess was anywhere between three quarters and a full eyedropper, which is anywhere between twenty and thirty hits of acid. Um, and the next four days, I was just fucked. But I came up when I came up like two hours later because I did it. It was like nine. The party ended at like ten thirty, and like everyone was in bed at eleven. So like I was peeking, and everyone had just gone to bed. So I was just I was wandering around the farm, and at one point, actually, like, but so I I, I when I come up peeking, we were watching. I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie Benchwarmers. But it's the scene when the guy, the Dominican guy is like, I'm 12 and like, fucking has like the fake birth certificate and all that. And I'm sitting there just taking dabs because at that point I'm like, all right, I'm starting to come up. But like, maybe if I take it, because I still didn't know how much I had taken at this point. So I was like, oh, I'll take a dab. Maybe it'll send me in farther. 
And it's, I literally, it was like getting sucked into like a vacuum cleaner of just like gone by now. And like, so I'm wandering around the farm like all, all night. And after that, like, I turned back and I see that Shane and Morgan were both like asleep. So I was like, all right, if I stay in here watching this movie, like I'm gonna wake everybody up by just like tripping, freaking out or whatever. So I go out. So I decided to go get in my car, which is parked behind his parents' house. And I just get in my car and I'm just melt. Literally the, my car, the internal, like the upholstery was doing what Jeff's background is. Like it was literally <laughs> just that in my car. And then at one point I just hear this voice start going, hey motherfucker. Hey motherfucker, who do you think you are? Get, get the fuck out of here. Who the fuck are you? Like, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I realized after a couple minutes, it's his dog in the backyard. And the best thing is the next morning I hear like, oh, dude, were you just walking around last night? I was like, oh yeah, sorry. And they're like, oh, the dog was fucking going off at you. Well, like at one point, like you were in your car. And so the dog's just barking at me, but uh, to me, I'm so fucked up. I like hear it speaking like language, like saying like, yo, who the fuck? You're like, I don't fucking know you. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, it was, yeah, that's that's amazing. That, that, that makes me want to go take like 30 hits of acid. No, 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 no. Go to the zoo, dude, and that's like the, talk to all the animals. Yeah, so if it's five grams of, uh, you know, psilocybin is a heroic dose, then 30 hits is a Dr. Doolittle. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's. It, it, it was fucked because like I keep I just at that point I'm like I'm like I gotta get out of the car and I'm start freaking out and the steering wheel gets eyes and a smile and goes because at one point I go this is fucking weird and the steering wheel goes this is fucking weird isn't it <laughs> I'm just like ah 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 and then I literally just run out of the car and start running out now I think Lehman like has been to so I just run I was parked behind where his parents house is and just run to the into the field it's now like yeah. midnight um, in like November so pitch black except for like there must have been a full moon or something because I saw like you're just that, tripping, I was tripping so hard I could just see in night vision <laughs> But eyes. it was, it was so, fu- so I'm then just wandering around. Like I made it somehow down all the way to like the main woods trail and was like wandering around the bush at like night. At one point I heard like people coming to look for me and I like dove in a bush and like, they were like looking around <laughs> for me and they kept walking. And then Shane's like, no, like no one, like we didn't even know you were gone. Like, fuck, I was like, Oh, okay. And then like at one point I was just like, I really want to smoke weed. And then like, I like, I, I, I now in hindsight I'm like I just had a bowl in my pocket and like some weed and I just packed it but like somehow I magically just weed appeared and I was like oh like holy shit but so then I somehow made it all the way back up to the the farm and two of Shane's mates were asleep in like a tra- like a camper trailer like a like a like a like a camper trailer you take like obviously camping yeah so i just stumble into that and i'm just like still like nothing is like i can see maybe 10 feet in front of me everything beyond that's just just like just like so i i wander up into the thing and i sit down for a second and then all of a sudden i hear like a voice what the fuck is that like what the fuck's going on like a light pop on and they like come out and look at me and then i like i think i freaked myself out because i was just like i kept getting in the mind of like Oh, dude, you're gonna wake everybody up, and everyone's gonna fucking hate you. So you just gotta like go sit in that field. So then I went just like sat in the cornfield, like 
in it would have been like 30 degrees out like like fahrenheit like and i would have just been laying in the field and just looking up at the sky to that kaleidoscope visual of just that for hours and then there was dudes coming to go like duck hunting and goose hunting like in the the middle of the field, like in the, the goose blind back there. So like all of a sudden now the sun's starting to come up and I see eight figures with guns over their shoulders and I've okay. freaked the fuck out and run back up to the house. And just like, I hated the garage by their house behind Shane's dad's Nova, just taking dabs until like, <laughs> like Shane texted me was like, yo, where are you? I was just like, all right, I'll be there in a second. <laughs> <laughs> And then the next, I was tripping still for the next like three days afterwards. It was fucked. Like the next day I had to go to like my new girlfriend at the time's so like family Thanksgiving. So like met her entire extended family while I was on just fucked out of my mind. It was <laughs> awful. It was so awful. And, oh shit. Uh, what a great story. <laughs> Yo, who's next? Who's got something who can top that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even think it's oh, not even a who can top it. Everyone's experiences are crazy there. All right. Who follows that? That's a. Uh... Dude, Wonka, hey, man. When you're talking about the dog screaming at you, hey, get out of here. Yeah. I see that, you know, on IG where they have the, the human mouth. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the green screen dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're talking took too much, I got one of those. The first time I ever did mushrooms, uh, I was living in Huntsville, Texas, which we call Hunts Vegas. And um, I went and uh, decided one night, hey, I want to I wanna do mushrooms. I was 18. I was like, yeah, let's fucking do this. And so I go uh, buy mushrooms from a dude who's Huntsville, so there's nothing to do there but um, you know, be in the walls prison unit waiting on death row or get fucked up. So we just got fucked up. So uh, I get a bag. I just gave the guy $30. He gave me $30 worth of mushrooms. And I was like, okay, what do I do? He goes, you just eat them. I was like, okay, cool. So I took him <laughs> back to the apartment. Nobody was there. I uh, took him back to the apartment. And it was like a party place. You know what I mean? So there's usually a shitload of people there. Anyway, Sam so, Houston State University. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was a musician, so I was playing in town and shit. And so we knew a lot of people, whatever. So I dumped all of He just said to eat them. I go, okay. So I dumped all of them in the, in the blender with some Kool-Aid and water and a little bit of ice or whatever. And it blended down to a little plastic cup, you know, about that big. It was like three or four of those. So I just uh, started drinking it and just drank it, all of it, 14 grams of mushrooms and didn't <laughs> know any better. And so I sit down in this recliner that we had and our place was cool. I drew on the walls and shit. Like it was, it was awesome. So I just sit there for, and it was about 20 minutes, man, and my stomach started hurting so fucking bad. I was just like, oh my God. And I'd never done this before. And people start coming over and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, I took mushrooms for the first time. They're like, how much you take? And um, I was like, "Uh, the bag. And he was like, you took the whole bag? I was like, yeah. He was like, that was for like everybody. I was like, (laughs) the guy just said to take them. So I just took them. And he was like, oh my God. I was like, but I don't feel good, dude. My stomach is killing me. And he goes, yeah, I bet you just took like 15 people's doses of uh, fucking shrooms there. So anyway, I go run into the bathroom uh, after holding it in for about an hour. Run to the bathroom. I puke, man. I puke my ass off. And uh, I lift up out of the toilet. And I'll never forget this shower on the left. It was a weird, you know, apartment, whatever. So it's super, super standard toilet uh, sink and all that and whatever. And so I opened my eyes and the texture on the walls, just like you're talking about, man, Jeff's background. Absolutely. It was just a whole new world. And I was just like, 
Okay. <laughs> it was it was a long ass time. I don't remember how long it was, but it was a long fucking intense time. And I just thought forever that's how mushroom trips were. Or that was that intense and that wild and crazy. It was at least a couple of few days where I was Did you experience uh, ego death, Brandon? Oh, constantly, dude. I do that. I've done that 12 <laughs> times since I've been in, sitting here on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's ego management, really. I think ego integration. And I think that's like one of the bis- biggest misnomers of shadow work and ego in general is like this, that you got to kill the ego. You got to kill the ego. Again, everything's part of you. So if it's here, it's necessary in my mind. So one of the uh, quotes I heard about shadow work that helped me integrate that was, is it's not, shadow work isn't hating the darkest parts of yourself. It's loving the scariest parts of yourself. And that's what psychedelics for me facilitate. They help you integrate those things that happen to you on a traumatic event that are dark shadows that you do want to suppress because of a lot of social pressure and a lot of feelings that are associated with it. But integrating it is where the real magic occurs. That's where that alchemy is. You know what I mean? This balance, this uh, you know, balance of duality. And so that's kind of what I think about it. And so um, psychedelics really facilitates that uh, for sure, man. I mean, every now and then I'll just take a good, you know, handful of shrooms and and go for it. My birthday was back in September. My mother-in-law bought me like three or four different kinds of mushrooms that she just gives them to me in, in a box that's already been op- open and dug through. So I know it's for her too, but it's it's very, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's been a big part of my awakening for sure. The first time I ever did psychedelics ever, I was 18 in high school still, uh, took two hits of liquid acid and I'd never done any psychedelic. Now, um, I was from a very small town, um, not like cowboys and shit, but just a small suburb town in North Texas. We moved to Houston my junior year of high school. And when I turned 18 was the first time I smoked weed, drank a beer, did anything. I was not exposed to it. It just was not in my reality. Then I moved to Houston and it was just like fucking everywhere and everything was crazy. And people were doing all kinds of shit. So I went buck wild, right? Uh, my rule was no needle drugs, but I did everything else. <laughs> and so uh, the first time I took it, 18, I was told my mom I was staying out. No big deal. Um, buddy got a hotel room uh, for a bunch of people to party in. He was like, have you ever done acid? I said, no. And so he drove me over there. I was sitting in the passenger seat again. It's one of those like 9-11 moments. You know, you never, you, you never forget it. We were in a shitty red uh, like Honda something or another, um, 80 Honda something or another. He takes it on the passenger uh, driver uh, guy walks around to me and he goes, uh, hold out your tongue. And I was like, okay. And he puts a eyedropper from a Visine bottle right on my tongue. And then he gives me one of those huge sweet tarts, you know, with the drop in the middle of it. So I uh, took that immediately because I was like, I ain't no bitch. And then I start tripping my ass off. And then my mom calls and says, you got to come home. So I like freak out. I have this worst feeling ever. I'm puking. I'm crying. I'm like, you know, uh, right in the middle of the trip. And before that, like it was a few hours, right? Uh, It wasn't like I took the acid and then she said, come home. I had a few damn good hours of where I was sitting there going, hang on. Unity consciousness is a thing. We're all one. Like it's all connected. This is great. You know, and I had a blast. And do you guys know those huge signs that go over freeways, you know, with the little catwalk in front of it with the lights? I climbed up one of those and it was the 290 loop in Houston or whatever. It's this huge highway and there's this massive sign. And so I climbed up the side thing, not as easy as it looks, by the way, and uh, <laughs> walked tripping my ass off. And then I walk across and sit on that catwalk and I'm dangling my feet over the highway as cars are driving under, you know, honking at me, tripping balls. Then I went and climbed something else. I just do that. And, um, then, yeah, my mom called, and um, so I'm freaking out, uh, have a horrible, horrible trip, but I still found it valuable, you know, for the moments, and then also for getting through that, you know, and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, man, I've had quite a bit of psychedelic experiences. All of them have been transformative, you know. 
Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Uh, sorry, I had to unmute. Um, so I had probably my wild, I'm not going to tell the stick man, the yeah, Wonka yeah. man story. Cause I told that on your show already, Shane, but my wildest mushroom story is, um, I actually met this girl on Tinder a couple of years ago and you know, the rule, right? You don't trip with people you don't know. You don't trip in places that you've never been with people you don't know all that. Well, I broke those rules that day and went to this girl's house who I'd never met before and brought these mushrooms and I get there and everything's fine. We hang out for like a few minutes or whatever. And then I'm like, all right, let's eat these mushrooms, drink a beer or two. And then, you know, we put on Led Zeppelin and dim the lights, you know, we lay down and next thing I know I'm, I'm gone. Right. And I'm having like the most like blissful experience, right? I'm, I'm seeing these sacred geometric pat, like this background coming out from me, right? Like out into the black void and they're almost making like a face, right? And it's like, a, it literally looked like Brandon. It was Brandon's face, right? <laughs> Long hair, it was Jesus, Beautiful. right? I saw this, this, whatever it was, right? Yeah. And at the same time, this girl's in the bed next to me, arch back, fucking speaking in tongues, battling the succubus she's saying the dirtiest (laughs) shit you've ever thought of in your mind in between her speaking in tongue right like she'd be like and she'd be like i'm gonna suck his ass (laughs) (laughs) the whole night Tourette's for her yeah for four or five hours right now again like we're in the same bed so she's battling the succubus i'm like experiencing whatever people saw that they thought of god right and like the next morning I wake up, she's still asleep. I just grab my shit and left. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the ultimate yin yang example, right? It's the two polar opposites yeah. of balance. Like you're just here, Zeppelin's going, you're just fucking listening to it just in a beautiful place. And she's having a legitimate demonic fucking experience. Yeah. And what's wild is like in the, you know, I could see the colors and shit, you know, emanating from me, but because she's like right next to me, I could see like that it was darker in that side yeah, of uh, my vision. Yeah. You could tell that it was like a weird energy. It was weird. And this happens uh, whenever I did uh, ayahuasca um, the first time. So it, I, I go out to this place. It was a crazy event, whatever. There's this dude. I'll just skip right to it. There's this guy who'd done it eight. This is his 18th time to do this. I'm, I've never done it before. I've talked to a lot of people, you know, I've done the show, whatever. Uh, I do this thing uh, and it was summer before last. So a year and some change ago. And so uh, he takes his first, um, there's five of us there. There's a Corindera that flew in from like Venezuela and shit. It was badass. So anyway, uh, I am last to take, and so everybody was going around, and he takes his, I do my whole thing, they do the rose oil and the shakapa and shit, it was cool, it's, it's such a thing. And so uh, I do my thing, I sit down, and it's like 15 minutes, and I'm like, okay, and I'm just chilling. And then this dude starts laying on the ground, he's pacing uncomfortably, he's rolling around, and he starts doing the same shit. He starts screaming, like screaming, talking in tongues, like uh, just freaking the fuck out. I'm sitting here going, okay, this is the 18th time this dude's done this. I've heard the, all those stories, both it, 
energies of them. And then now I've got this dude freaking the fuck out. And then I haven't even started yet. And so, but that was part of it for me because I just kind of go, okay, just calm down. You know, it's going to be okay. And my optimistic ass, because I'm a, just a boundless optimist. Before, this was like in the northern hill country of Texas. It's like an hour in the country further than we live. And we live fucking an hour away from town. And so um, it's there was a 142-acre ranch with no power, no running water, no nothing. And we were hiking around before uh, the ceremony that evening. And we're hiking around. We saw a dozen copperheads out. It was in the middle of summer, dozens of copperheads, these venomous snakes, right? And we're camping. We're sleeping on the ground. Again, no cabin, no nothing. And so when he starts freaking the fuck out, man, I was sitting there and I was just like, okay, yes, it can be scary. That's a, that's an avenue I can choose. Or I can say, oh, well, man, at least there's not going to be any snakes tonight. You know, I'm not worried about seeing snakes. And this dude screamed his fucking head off for two and a half hours. And it, it was, it was weird and it was interesting, but same thing. I had a wonderful time and wasn't affected by it at all. I like, I, I feel genuinely blessed with the fact that I still have not had like a real freak out yet. Like, even though like that 30 hit, I, I, that, that 30 hits was like, there was a couple times where I was genuinely like, I don't know if I'm ever going to come back from this, but like, I never, like I somehow was able to at least somewhat keep it together. But like, there was a period of my time, like, like probably four years ago when I just like, like you said, Jeff, every rule of like, with psychedelics, I'd break it. Like I'd take it, go to like a football match. Like I'd like, Take, like I, I went to the largest attended UFC event in history on two tab, like took two tabs before the first prelim fight, and was just sit- sitting up like it's in a like a football stadium, and they've got the like octagon down in the middle, and I'm sitting there just like, like I'm sitting like top deck, but like I bet I might as well have been like cage side, just like looking in, like I was like to the point where like guys were getting hit, like I was almost like seeing punches coming at me too, like it's it was like. But, like, I, I don't know, as many times as I've, like, tried my luck and, like, really should have been taught a brutal lesson, I, like, I, I haven't. And, like, I think that's why I've mellowed, like, mellowed out with it so much because I'm like, all right, you easily could have had a very, very, very bad, like, experience from this. Why don't we stop before we ever get to that point? Yeah, you've nailed it, dude. You nailed it with that. I've done that with everything. That's how I stopped Coke drinking ecstasy acid uh candy flipped all the time i would take uh tabs and acid together i loved it man that was my favorite because it kind of took the harshness off the lsd and it gave you the energy and the joy from the molly or you know and i took a variety of tabs this was like in the early early 2000s so that's the e-pills bro yeah there you go and um is that what the kids are calling them these days e-pills yeah dude like the ecstasy yeah yeah yeah. Well, yeah, because it's not just, it's not like Molly. It's not the pure MDMA. Right, right. Yeah. But I've had that too. That was crazy. But yes, I mean, I hear you on that. And you, you feel like, oh shit, am I ever going to come back? And you kind of get to a point with it where you're just like, okay, that was fun. And I got it off the list. Now, it's the people that don't ever do anything and that they're like super straight edge uh, the earlier parts of their life and they miss that opportunity in their 20s because that's when you do that shit. You're supposed to do that in your 20s when your body can handle it and uh, you don't really fuck anything up. But it's those people that skip all of that that then like at 40 start doing coke and shit. You know, that's when it's like dangerous. It's it's like this opposite experience. It's like they shunned it and then you're still going to perhaps a percentage of people will still have the desire to to experiment and so they just kind of put it off and then do it later. And that's when it gets interesting. Uh, you have more money, but um, 
you can really fuck things up. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> folks like us, like we've, we've gone through it. Like it's a check on a box every now and then. Yeah. If you want to trip balls, we can handle it and then go back to work the next day. It's no big deal. I, I genuinely believe that like there is like, I, I don't like, I'm a believer in Darwinism in a way, like in the fact of Darwinism is everyone needs to learn from like, yes. we learn from fucking up and the ones who fuck up bad enough don't get to reproduce. And like we as a society genuinely move forward that way. But like, I, I like, I'm in such a well, like, well, I can't even say I'm a well put together human being cause I'm not, but like, I'm so much in a better position I am now. Like, cause like when all that time when a bunch of people that like, I all like went to high school with and grew up with where like they did the whole, like go, go to uni straight out of uh, high school and then just have a kid right away. Like I spent so much time like just doing drugs and being a genuine fuck up, like delivering pizzas, smoking pot while driving with my knee, like just genuinely just (laughs) doing dumb shit. And then when I'm like moved back to Australia, it was like, I got in with the wrong people and it's, Oh, I do like, like Shane even like didn't talk to me for a while. Cause he's like, Bro, did I just get a Snapchat from you smoking a meth pipe, like, while driving? It's like, uh, yeah. No, why? What the, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, type of, like, thing where you just, like, you have to, like, reach bottom to, like, actually figure, like, and, like, like, I'm not, like, one of those people that was, like, all right, I needed sobriety or whatever to get myself together. I just realized that I was being a genuine fuck-up of a human being to the point where I no longer liked what I saw when I looked in the mirror. And you're, like, okay, I need to change this. I need to change this. Like, went and got a decent job. I've started university again, training to, like, move forward in the position I'm in and, like, you, you, I, I genuinely think that, and if you don't have those learning curves when you're young, you make those big mistakes older when was, you get older, obviously the stakes always are constantly getting higher with your life. So if you don't fuck up when you're 20 and you then fuck up with when you're 40, now you're 40 with a more like a mortgage, a car payment and two kids, those fuck ups weigh a lot more now than they did when you're 20 living at home with your parents. hundred percent. That was the point I was making. I nailed it. Absolutely. Absolutely nailed it, dude. And yes, this is the way that we learn. It's this shit, you know, it's it's really weird. And this is what it seems like you manifest back then. It's like you just manifest lessons. You just learn. But what's nice about being psychonauts at an earlier age, like we all were, where we could handle it and we could take super heroic and almost <laughs> Dr. Doolittle doses. Stupid, stupid doses. Like, to put it like- yeah, no, but that, yeah, dumb. But again, you're, you can handle it. But I think you're better for it, you know, because... I approach a lot of things differently because I did psychedelic. I attribute it to a lot of my perception and the way that I see things. And I'm a, I'm very proud of it. You know, I'm very happy that that's part of the filter in which I view the world in. You're a lot more patient. You can, when shit goes down, you know, because when you're on a psychedelic experience like that, it, it takes a while and there's no off switch. So you know you're kind of in for a ride and that you're on the ride. There's no just like unplugging your, oh, I want it to end and just being. Oh, like a, you want it to end? Yeah. <laughs> you mean ramp up here? Yeah. Friends going to offer you orange juice. It's like when, like, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's like the, when I was when I was young taking acid, like for the first couple of times, I was like, "Well, weed calms me down, so like if I smoke weed, I'll calm down, right?" And then he just sends you like just sends you so much farther back, in, and then you're just double fucked. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what's up, uh, what's up, Shane? No, Andy or oh, uh, they said Andy said he's gonna come in late. Um, no, Dan. Uh, Dan can hop into like ten. 
How long are you going till? It's going to like midnight, bro. Like a telethon. You should have put a ticker up for people to donate. You know. And yeah. Oh man. You know, it's not live for your That's birthday. You know, like like uh, how in high school or whatever, you pin a a dollar to your shirt and people give you money and shit. You want <laughs> Hell to, yeah, dude. You done a digital <laughs> one of those and had people. Oh so, man. You know. I got like 20 listeners. That would be sick if they each Congrats gave on 100, man. That's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good deal. I mean, if they each give you 10 bucks, that's 200 bucks. Yeah, man. that's what I mean. You know, right. hell yeah. Get some crack. You know? Well, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I uh, get some crack, bro. That's what Gibbs is doing right now in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's like, oh, what? I just block spinner. Broke this cop in a car chase. <laughs> I took off, bro. I was, I was in the zone. I was listening, though. That was, that was all really cool. Dude, oh my God. All right. So, I have a perfect transition, dude. So, me, Gibbs, and uh, one of our other best friends um, took fucking gel tabs. So, they were like 250 mics per gel tab. And I took like, well, how many did I take? I took at least three. I took like three or four of them. And uh, I don't know how many, how many did you guys, how many did you and T take? Like one time. Okay. Yeah. I took like definitely like three or four. And so we started playing Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. Do, do the math on that. What is that? That's, that's like, a, that's a, possibly a thousand mics. Milligram. It's a milligram. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. not a thousand, a thousand mics. It's a milligram. Is that? I'm, yeah. I'm the one who lives in Australia. I, I should so. know the metric system, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. Is anyway. How many mil? How many micrograms in a kilometer? The, the, <laughs> the equivalent to ten regular hits of acid, I guess. Okay. And uh, excuse me, they were playing Grand Theft Auto, and I don't know if it's because I was tripping hard or if he was tripping hard, but man, like he like just like. Zoned out. He looked like a zombie. It looked like his consciousness left his body, and like his, his thumbs and stuff were still controlling the controller and shit. But like it was just like, uh, they like he came back and he looked at me. He was like, "Yo, I'm in the game." And then he sat back and was like, "I was like, what the fuck?" And then that was a really crazy trip. There was a yo. Meanwhile, I was running from the cops and they gave out a dirt bike for like two hours and didn't fall once. You remember that shit? No, it was insane. And like we got to this one point where it was like this like 30 second to like a minute loop where we just like the same thing just kept happening over and over again. I had like an ego death thing where I I knew who each of the three people in the room were. I wasn't sure which one of them I was. And like I had to like go through a couple things to figure out which one I was and uh, eventually do a heavy metal scream. I was like, <clears throat> and it, you know, it brought me back. To, I was like, Oh my God, I'm Shane. And it all started from me having the urge to do a heavy metal scream. But I was like, Oh man, I don't want to freak the guys out. And then I just went through this whole like existential crisis and ego death and forgetting who I was. And then remembering that there were three people in the room and I was one of them. And, you know, finally leading up to me doing the scream again, I was like, Oh, I'm Shane. <laughs> is that when you called me? Oh yeah, and then no. I, I thought that no. so you put Grand Theft Auto the whole the time. Night. What? The real hero of the night. Oh my God, my <laughs> wife, my beautiful wife, right here. Yo, 
Oh my god! Save this man. I so they were they were Gibbs was playing Grand Theft Auto the whole night. I don't know what Taylor was doing. I guess he was just watching you. And like, I could have swore there was just infinite cops outside coming to get me. And <laughs> I was like, "Yo, I got five stars," and they're like, "Yo, let's go outside." And I was like, "No, no, fuck you! I'm not going outside." And then uh, <laughs> I got into my head that like they wanted to kill me, so I went inside. And I was like, "Hey guys, I gotta take a shit." So and then I snuck inside, and then my parents' bathroom is in the outhouse. So the wallpaper looks like old, like wood. And it has all the crazy wood grain and everything. So the whole thing is just fucking melting. There's a big giant mirror directly across from the toilet. So I'm just staring at myself, melting, just having this awful time. And it was like, oh my God, I want it to end. And I was like, oh, I want it to end. And okay, you mean ramp it up. And then uh, called my beautiful wife, got the brightest, best idea ever. I was like, you know, I'm just going to call, call Morgan. I don't know how I got the idea. I don't know how I even like came to the, cause like I, you know, ego deathing again, forgetting even where I was and what I was. It was like, wait, I have a cell phone. I can call this beautiful lady. And, uh, yeah, she just talked to me all night long and it like kept me calm enough to not freak out and be like, Oh my God, I need this to end and making it like more horrible for myself. It's kind of like funny though, because I was playing Sims. (laughs) Do you remember that? Were you probably like, like controlling Gibbs in the other room? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome because at your darkest, you you reach for your person. You know, that's how you know it's yeah. your person. That's your comfort. Like you didn't call your mom. You know, you didn't want to get calmed down by anyone else. It was her. And yeah. that's awesome. And it was like late as hell too. Like yes. most people like couldn't yeah. not answer. And then she yeah. stayed out with me till the sun came up, and I was like, yeah. all right. What a ride or die, man. Let's go amazing. face these guys, see if they want to kill me. What a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. I love We're that. like, Shane, we missed you. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? You guys love me? <laughs> we do love you. And on that note, man, I'm going to run. But, dude, thank you oh, so much for having oh me. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. Thank you, yeah, man. This is a yeah, fun. dude, I enjoyed love listening to you. That was sweet. Oh, Great to fun. meet you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. And good to meet everybody here. You are all badass, man. I really appreciate you guys. And just, I, I guess, for the listeners signing out, expanding reality, go check out this show out. It's a lot of fun. All right. Damn, I love right. you guys so much. Thank y'all. And Bye, Brandon. Okay? All right. See you, brother. So, like what Brandon says, dude, I only fuck with badass motherfuckers. That's true. That's also my cue as well. I also have to dip out of here. Oh, uh, dude. So. Do you have like five more minutes to. Uh, I've got five more minutes. How gay and fake space is. Maybe from a NASA standpoint. I mean, what what do you want to know, bro? How, like, why is it fake and why is it gay? Well, like... Two two minutes and a half on each. All right. right. (laughs) Let's just say, how is it real, right? Like, have you ever seen anything from space that didn't get filtered through NASA or some other space agency? No, I can't say I have. Could I? And then everything that you've ever seen from NASA or any other space agency is an artist rendition of data. So you're not actually looking at a picture. I can't say I know that either. That's true. I mean, NASA's, <laughs> it says it on NASA's website. If you go to their image library, it says it on there. It says that all of these images are artist renditions. So none of them are actually like pictures in the way that we think that they're pictures. Right? Yeah. yeah. So then. You wonder why we can't get a fucking live stream of, of the earth in 2022. Yeah. 
Why isn't there a camera true, on bro. the moon looking back that. at us? Yeah, there should be a camera. The people are like, oh, there's a live stream of the space station on YouTube. And it's like, yeah, it's a looped video. And then like the the curvature that you see from the International Space Station is Station so extreme that if you like extrapolated that, like the Earth would be the size of Texas because yeah. of the curve that you see in that video. So it's just it's a bullshit video. It's a fake video. Nothing My favorite is uh, the um, the lunar lander or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, on the um, on the light side of the moon, it's. Or even in space, it'd be like 225 degrees, and there's no fucking air conditioning unit on this son of a bitch whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, they pop like popcorn in that motherfucker. <laughs> well, the the there's footage of them halfway to the moon, right? Like they made a call when they got halfway to the moon, and like yeah. this is like a really important piece of historical data, right? And that piece of data has since been found to be fake, so that yeah. they they basically found that there was like a third party that was telling Houston when to speak and telling the astronauts when to speak. Right. And so like, why would you fake being halfway to the moon? If you're really going to the moon, plus how are you doing a Skype call from the moon to the president's office? I can't get fucking cell phone reception right now. <laughs> and this is supposedly July 19th, 1969. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, like, and then apparently the rocket technology is lost oh yeah wait hold on Let me, i'm not done i'm not done let's think about this for a second all right like you know how fast you have to go to go to get into orbit Seventeen thousand five hundred miles an hour okay so it's real fast a bullet coming out of a rifle is going like one twentieth of that or one tenth of that Okay, yeah, like right. the, S- the SR-71, they don't paint it because it's going so fast that the paint would just burn off of that shit. And that's going like Mach 7. That's going nowhere near 17,000 miles an hour. And they what's paint a, the What's shuttle. a Mach again? Isn't a Mach... Um, Speed of sound. It's like 700, like... Yeah. 699 uh, miles per hour. So, but they, but they paint the rockets, right, that are going 17,000 miles an hour. Right. Yeah. No problem. Oh, bro, it's special paint. Oh, so. special, special. <laughs> I'm bad. It's also, space paint. Space is gay. Yeah, space. space is gay because they just want you to think that we're in the middle of nothingness with nothing around, with nobody to talk to, and we're running out of shit, so everybody's just freaking out and fighting each other all the fucking time. Meanwhile, they could take the uh, $28 billion a year that they give NASA and end world hunger every single fucking yep. year. Yep. Dang. $65 million a day. They're spending it on the special pay for the rockets, bro. Yeah, bro. That's just expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's great pay. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's the greatest you man in the world. There's your, there's your five minutes of why oh, space man. is fake and gay. That was fantastic. Dude. Good happy job, birthday. Jeff. Happy dude. fucking anniversary. Happy Hanukkah. Dude, <laughs> thanks, man. It actually was our anniversary the other day. Well, there you go. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. This, this is my one year. I'm actually a month late. I came out in like October. Hopefully I'll even release this episode this month. Maybe it'll come out in December, but it's my one year show, you know? So it's good. Dude, thanks for being a part of it, dude. Fucking horns up. You I got you, buddy. Are that we doing that? Out, We're dude. doing that soon, right? On the dude, real soon. Yeah, man. All right. Yeah. Text me. Let me know. 
fucking right, brother. Be safe. Okay. See you guys later. Peace, brother. See you, brother. Bye. Nice to meet you, Jeff. Later. You too, buddy. So Jeff is like the fucking man at com- comp- music composition, dude. He's got um, like the like groovy, like gent shit, like down, dude. It's so good. Like, oh, I know it's like, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play one of his songs, Jeff. I'm playing one of your songs on my podcast, but dude, holy shit.
This was part one of the one year anniversary slash birthday episode. Please tune in to part two and probably part three.